Hi, I'm Stephanie Lemick, and this is Building Trauma-Informed Workplaces. I'm honored to have you joining me as we begin this journey on how we can build cultures where everyone can be successful. I'd love to take a few moments and introduce myself. Like I said, my name's Stephanie. I'm a career HR professional, and I spent over 16 years as an in-house HR person in every role from intern all the way to executive. And I was in big Fortune 500 organizations to small, nimble startups, and just about everything in between. And in all of my experience in HR, and even in my personal experience, I can tell you that trauma absolutely is showing up at every workplace. And I'm excited for us to find ways to move forward to trauma-informed future of work. That's why I founded the Wounded Workforce, which is focused on helping build trauma-informed workplaces so we can all be successful. Since this is our first podcast, I'd love to lay down some basic expectations of what you can expect when you're listening to Building Trauma-Informed Workplaces. First and foremost, we care about you and your experience and your mental health. So if there is a content warning or trigger warning, we will make sure that that is provided at the beginning of the episode and in the show notes. Just so you know, there isn't a content warning for today's episode, as we will be talking primarily about definitions and concepts, so we're all on the same page. And to go along with that, let's talk about that baseline that we want to start from, that shared understanding. So it's important we're working from the same idea, the same concepts, as we work to build a trauma-informed future of work. So our plan for today is, we'll go ahead and start with a definition of trauma. When you think about trauma, you probably think about something different than the person next to you. Think about veterans and veterans returning home from war, experiencing trauma or PTSD. Other people may think about TikTok and how they hear the word trauma or trauma bonding on TikTok all the time. There's a wide range of ideas and expectations when it comes to trauma. So we need to start from a shared definition of trauma so we're all on the same page. We'll also talk about why organizations should care about trauma and how trauma directly impacts organizations. And then lastly, we'll talk about what it means to be trauma-informed. We'll start with our definition of trauma. And for our purposes, we'll use the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, or SAMHSA's, definition of trauma. Trauma results from an event series of events or set of circumstances that is experienced as physically or emotionally harmful or life-threatening and that has lasting effects on functioning and mental, physical, social, emotional, or spiritual well-being. It's helpful to think about for a definition of trauma, the three E's of trauma, event, experience, and effect help remember what that definition is. So when we're thinking about trauma, you might be thinking right now, geez, Stephanie, that's a really broad definition for trauma. And you are correct. 
it is a broad definition. And it is a broad definition by design because traumatic experiences and experiences of trauma are incredibly individual. So a certain event or the effects of event can be very different from person to person. Also, trauma kind of snowballs and builds on prior experiences. So all your prior experiences are informing how you're experiencing certain events. So for example, if you experienced a tornado that was devastating in your early life, it's really scary, very destructive, you know, really upsetting, perhaps natural disasters are more triggering to you now as an adult. This is just one example, of course, but it's super important when we think about trauma and the definition of trauma, we have these guardrails, we have those three E's, event, experience, and effect, but we also understand that the definition of trauma and what trauma is, is expansive and can show up in so many different ways. It's like a snowflake. It's like each of us, we're very unique and individual. So now that we know what trauma is or the definition we'll be using as we work through building trauma-informed workplaces, let's talk about why organizations should care about trauma. I like to start by thinking of this analogy. Each of us has a suitcase that we bring with us to work. And in that suitcase is all of our knowledge, experience, education, skills, and know-how. It's exactly the reason why, why we've been hired to join the team. That suitcase also includes all of our lived experience. And for so many of us, that lived experience includes experiences of trauma. In fact, according to the National Council for Mental Wellbeing, at least 70% of U.S. adults self-identify as having one or more traumatic experience in their lifetime. Now add in the traumatic experiences of spouses, children, parents, and loved ones. Your team is absolutely filled with people who are experiencing the impacts of trauma in their life, and absolutely that is showing up at work. With an issue this pervasive, why aren't we talking about the impacts of trauma on the workplace and team culture. The truth is many of us don't wanna talk about trauma at work. We don't wanna talk about our tra traumatic experiences and we don't necessarily recognize and connect past trauma or traumatic events with current challenges. And you know what? It's totally okay. What's amazing about trauma-informed workplaces is organizations don't need folks to want to talk about their traumatic experiences at work or even need people to recognize how their trauma is showing up at work for trauma-informed workplaces to work. And it's sort of amazing. It's also really important because it gets to one of the key goals of building trauma-informed workplaces is that we want to make workplaces that work for everyone. And I know personally, perhaps you've experienced personally, maybe trauma is showing up for you and you don't recognize it. And wouldn't it be great if there were systems and cultures in place to support you before you reached that realization and started your path on your own healing journey? I think it'd be pretty amazing. And I think trauma-informed workplaces can 
absolutely help achieve that. So trauma is impacting workplaces. So how might trauma show up at work? Well, it can show up as behavior or relationship challenges on your team. It could show up as absenteeism, health issues, leaves of absence, performance issues. It could show up as secondary trauma or compassion fatigue. Super excited to talk more in depth about that in a future podcast. And also, we have to acknowledge that sometimes workplaces are where trauma occurs. Maybe the workplace is part of how trauma is created for an individual, whether it's the current workplace or prior workplaces. So obviously there are impacts to individuals' experiences of trauma. There are also impacts of others to others because of behaviors or effects of trauma. So it's so, so important for organizations to understand and recognize trauma and how trauma shows up at work. You might be thinking, wait a minute, Stephanie. So we just talked about the definition of trauma like a minute ago, and you talked about how expansive, broad, snowflake-like each experience of trauma is. It's incredibly individual. You're right. I, I meant it when I said that. So you might be thinking right now, how can organizations possibly tackle something that is so incredibly individual? Amazing, amazing question. And an important one that we get to answer with our definition of the concept of what it means to be a trauma-informed workplace. So let's jump into that right now. Trauma-informed workplaces create awareness around the existence of trauma throughout the organization. So everyone within the organization understands and has an awareness around the concept and impacts of trauma. These organizations also actively avoid re-traumatizing survivors or creating new experiences of trauma at work. Super, super important that we talk now about what trauma-informed workplaces do not do. They do not ever seek to diagnose or treat employee trauma. Full stop. Let's say it again. Trauma-informed workplaces never seek to diagnose or treat employee trauma. Why? Well, this is pretty serious stuff and very personal stuff. So trauma is something that should be treated first and foremost by credentialed third-party professionals. Um, People dedicate their life's work to helping people work through their experiences of trauma. So those credentialed professionals are amazing and should be relied upon for that diagnosis, for that treatment. And even in the rare scenario where you may have those resources, those credentialed resources within your organization, it's a little bit of a faux pas. It's a little bit unethical, I would say, to practice that internally because it just muddies the waters a little bit. So for our purposes, when we talk about trauma-informed workplaces, treatment diagnosis is separate and done by third-party professionals. Now, I will say, organizations absolutely should strive to provide benefits and support that allow their team members to access those third-party credentialed professionals 
And that is part of being a trauma-informed workplace. But the diagnosis and treatment should not be happening in-house. I'll get off my soapbox about that, but just super important to make that very clear up front. You'll probably get tired of hearing me say it, honestly. So we know what trauma-informed workplaces do, and we know what they don't know now. Let's talk about how they do that. So how can you create trauma-informed workplaces? Obviously, there is some education and awareness that's super important to happen throughout the organization. So that is a key part. But how do we get to avoiding traumatizing and re-traumatizing members of your team? Well, we rely on the principles of trauma-informed cultures, which I've created for the wounded workforce as a way to help organizations be thoughtful and build cultures through the lens of being trauma-informed. And these are based on the principles of trauma-informed care created by SAMHSA over 20 years ago. And what I've done is I've taken those principles from SAMHSA that were focused on clients, so focused externally and focused heavily in, you know, the healthcare profession. What I did is I translated those or interpreted those principles to be internally focused, to be internally focused on employees and internal culture, and also for the terms and concepts to really be industry and organization agnostic. So trauma-informed cultures, these principles work for any organization and any industry of any size. So let's dive in to what these seven principles of trauma-informed workplaces are. They are safety, which encompasses holistic safety, includes physical, psychological, and financial safety. Next is trust and transparency. I like to think of it as building trust through thoughtful transparency. Next is community, the concept of building community and a sense of belonging within your organization and help having that facilitate peer support or mutual support. We'll also talk a little bit when we talk about community, about the epidemic of loneliness that the U.S. Surgeon General recently came out with a warning about. Next is collaboration. Collaboration is probably a term you're super familiar with when you think about the workplace and teams working together. Of course, we want effective collaboration. But when we talk about it specifically as a principle of trauma-informed workplaces, we're also going to talk a lot about power dynamics, positional power, and organizational hierarchy, and how that works or doesn't work when it comes to being trauma-informed. Next is empowerment. Empowerment is a huge, huge piece um, at the core of driving and a trauma-informed culture because at every experience of trauma, there is essentially a feeling of some powerlessness. So empowerment is such an important piece of counteracting that feeling. And when we talk about empowerment in terms of trauma-informed workplaces, we're looking at choice, our strengths being leveraged, opportunity for growth, and recognition as kind of the four components of empowerment for trauma-informed workplaces. Next, we have humility and responsiveness. What I love about this is 
it recognizes that none of us are perfect and no organization is perfect either. So humility and responsiveness gives us a tool to be thoughtful about when we have a misstep and then taking quick action and resolving any harm we've, and then also taking accountability for any of that harm. And finally, learning from those missteps to move forward. Obviously, that's a great quality for any of us or any organization. But on top of that, humility and responsiveness as a principle of a culture helps you create those cultures where really they can be evergreen because changes can be made. You can make progress. You can move forward with new information because as part of the core of who you are as an organization is a way to do that. And last but certainly not least, our final principle is cultural, historical, and gender issues. For those of you who are familiar with trauma or discussions around trauma, you probably know that history, gender, culture, race, religion, economics, a whole bunch of other things really roll in and play into experiences of trauma and how those experiences may be compounded. And sometimes those things are actually the reason there's a traumatic experience. So an important call out here, an important aspect of a trauma-informed workplace. I'll get on my soapbox one more time today and say, if an organization is not investing in DE&I initiatives and being thoughtful around that, it's going to be very difficult to truly be a trauma-informed workplace. So that covers our seven principles of trauma-informed workplaces that help us focus on creating cultures where we're actively avoiding re-traumatizing survivors, creating new trauma, and really building organizations where everyone can be successful. As we talk through these principles in more detail in coming episodes, what you'll see is a lot of them really address hot topics as we're thinking about engaging and growing talent for the future of work. So I'm super excited in our next episodes to start diving into more detail on each of the principles of trauma-informed work. Thank you again for your time today. I'm so excited to have you joining me on this journey. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast and share the podcast with friends who may be interested. And also, if you're interested on all things trauma-informed, make sure and subscribe for updates in your inbox at www.thewoundedworkforce.com. I'm Stephanie Lemick. Thank you so much for your time today.